there's too many people that are isolated in trying to do good work for God. They're all trying to figure out how to market Catholicism in a fresh way that actually engages people. So we tried it the first year, had tremendous success. It's exciting. I'm having fun. I'm meeting a lot of really great people. I have been to all of these shows over the last year, and by far this is my favorite. I want to emphasize the importance of what you're doing as lay apostles in the CMM. The Catholic Marketing Network has a service that the marketplace needs and the church needs. There's the distribution of a lot of Catholic religious items, but most of the people you talk to, they say, well, we really come for the networking. It's a great joy to be here. In fact, it was almost 10 years ago that I came to the Catholic Marketing Network for the first time. There was a friend and I putting out sacred music. and Ignatius Press picked it up and they showcased us. and. Before you know it, we had sold 20,000 copies to people like you. And that sprung board a company that now has reach in about eight different countries. I found really good and you know very interesting because I like when people come from everywhere and we can learn a lot. We come to show something, but they show us too. So that's, uh, that's an amazing. This is always one of my favorite, favorite, favorite events. I always love coming here and being here because it's, uh, it's such a synergy to be around like-minded people with the same ideals, the same love for the church. So it's beautiful. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast here live on YouTube. It's great to be with you this evening on Patchwork Heart Ministries Radio, a YouTube channel, and uh, Fiat Ministry Network, uh, and anywhere else you're listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you. And as always, I'm joined by my friend and uh, wonderful co-host, Ann DeSantis. How are you this evening, Ann? Great, Bill. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Still in that favorite month of the year for me, yeah. as I love summer and June is my favorite month. So uh, <laughs> this is like my glory time. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it is. It is nice. Uh, it is a good time of the year. 
and uh, and we I know we have a great guest uh, with us tonight as well. You want to tell us a little bit about her? Absolutely. We have Nikki Gingrich, and I would love to read her bio for all of you. She's from the Working Moms Life Coach, is a meditation teacher and mindfulness life coach. As a busy mom working full-time, Nikki found herself burnout and exhausted juggling all the things that come with working and being a parent. She knew there had to be a better way. Uh, after looking outside of herself for years, searching for new jobs, or new opportunities, she found meditation. It was then that Nikki discovered that she could live with joy and peace as a busy working mom. She quit her full-time job to become an entrepreneur. She connected with her values and her dreams. Today, she owns her own coaching business, empowering women to make bold moves to live their life on their own terms. In 2020, she created the Stepping Up Planner as a guide for ambitious women looking to live a more intentional life. She also hosts a podcast, Stepping Up for the Working Mom. Nikki lives in Allentown, Allentown, Pennsylvania, with her husband, Ryan, and their two boys, Brett and Darren. Chocolate Lab, Jovi, and newest member, Bumpers the Bunny. When not working, you can find her hiking with her family, taking her boys to the park, or sitting on her front porch, either journaling, meditating, or reading. Nikki, welcome to the Sewing Hope podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so blessed to have you here. And I also want to thank a friend of ours um, and also a friend of the Sewing Hope podcast, Julian Gateau, as he's been a guest on the podcast before with me and with Bill, I believe. I think he was here on Sewing Hope. Um, and I just want to thank you for joining us. Now, I know you, you are also a friend of DeSales University, which yes. is also a common connection because my daughter graduated there in 2019. And of course, uh, Bill and I both know Maggie Riggins, who uh, was their uh, campus minister for many years. And, um, and so you have a connection there, too. But great to have you here. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And thank you to, to Julian for the introduction and to sales for being that introduction, that, that little connecting piece that brought it all together. Yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, many times on the show, we started out with your own personal journey. And so as much as you want to share about you and sort of like, you know, the, the path that you've taken from the time that, you know, as you mentioned, you're now um, being very intentional with your business, but spending time with your family and not living that kind of crazy lifestyle that I think you were at one point in your life. So please do tell us more. Yes, absolutely. I, as it said in my bio, I was trying to do all of the things as I think a lot of moms do in general. And I was working full time. I had this vision of when I had my kids, they're now six and eight years old. But before my first son was born, I had this vision of I was going to be this working mom and I was going to go to work and I was going to dress nice and have the heels and I was going to be able to still be with them and spend time with them. And then reality was like a slap in the face. And that that's not what happened. I wasn't able to to get that time. And it really it really broke me in a way that said there's got to be a better way to do this. There's, there's got to be a better way to have a career, to have a mission, to have a purpose, and then to also have a family. Like how, how do people do this? And I, I dove into books and I started listening to podcasts and I just kind of kept saying, there's got to be a way. And I refused to give up until I found a way. And I don't think I found the way, but I think I found the way that works for me. 
Mm-hmm. And that is truly being intentional, saying, I had to answer the question of what's important to me. And as soon as I started answering the question, what's important to me, all these these values and these experiences kept coming to mind of, I want to spend more time with my kids, but I want to have work that has a purpose and all of these things. And then they started being my guiding principles of why do I want to work and how do I want to do it? And as I got more intentional and really came to terms with what it is that I want it, I was able to find those answers and those opportunities came to me. I didn't necessarily have to go searching for them. The opportunities opened themselves up to me and I opened myself up to Mm. this is what I want. And that's the planner was created out of necessity in 2020 uh, when the world shut down. And I said, oh, gosh, now what am I going to do? And I took being intentional to a whole new level. Uh, Every day I wake up and I say, what do I want? Not do I want my life to look like. How do I want this day to look like? What do I want this month or this week to look like? And I allow those things to to guide what I actually do rather than just being on the hamster wheel and doing things that come to me. I get to really be the driver and say, what do I want? How do I want this to go and allow that to really to really be the force that that brings things forward? You know, that's beautiful. And um, I the the question I think that a lot of people need to answer for themselves that I don't think we often hear is that what's important to me, you know, recognizing that, uh, and tuning out all the other noise. I think that was a large piece of what you're also talking about. You know, I mean this, this hamster wheel, I, 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 I like to call it a social script that, you know, we all have to follow, right? Everybody has to follow this script. It's, we got to go to college. We have to have, you know, a good education. We have to become parents. We have to do this. We have to do that. We have to, and really none of that we have to do. And uh, it's it, and I think when we stop and we reflect on that question, what's important to me, I, I think that really is a key, um, you know, not only in your own personal journey, but I think in a lot of people's lives to just be able to, you know, sit down and stop, you know, because the world's going to throw out what, what it thinks it's important in, in, in your path, right? Uh, so maybe you can just lead us on a little bit, like what happened for you, you know, as you, you know, emotionally and spiritually, what happened for you as you um, kind of detached in such a way and focused on that question? Yeah. So for me, like it was, I just started breaking down and I'm not, I'm someone who's always puts on the, I'm happy. Everything's fine. Everything's going great. And I'm a, you know, you take all the personality tests. It's, it's extroverted. It's, you like to be around people, which is all very true. And what I was finding was something was disconnected. I was like, I thought I was supposed to be one way and this was supposed to fulfill me. And I think, like you said, Bill, of following that social script, well, I'm supposed to have this job and I'm supposed to do this. And then all of a sudden my, it was like my heart and my head were at odds with each other. My heart wanted one thing, but my head was like, you know, no, this isn't what you're supposed to do. And and I was really battling this, this inner part within me that was saying, Here, here's what I need to do. And uh, I was finding myself uh, like really breaking down. So physically, emotionally, you know, I'm not someone who breaks down in tears in the middle of, of work because I just, I just couldn't handle the pressure. And it's like the straw that broke the camel's back. It wasn't one thing, but it was all the little things over the years that piled up and it just came came crashing down and it wasn't even a big crash it was like a little bit a little bit 
mm. a little bit. And as I as the those things came crashing down, I just got more and more detached from who I was and who I and how I envisioned my life to be. And I would find myself being angry and frustrated and resentful and it just, just annoyed. I found myself very like annoyed with the world of like, what is going on? And am I crazy? I asked this, myself the question, am I crazy? More than I'd care to say, because I felt like I was seeing things and like, am I the only one seeing this? Is anyone else experiencing this? And I felt very alone. And that was really hard for me to have that, that alone. But it, it ultimately was the being alone that helped me. It was the quieting, the shutting down, like you said, Bill, shutting down the outside noise and just saying, I'm supposed to be quiet. The answer doesn't come from me talking and doing. The answer comes when I quiet and I listen and I stop asking. And the minute I stopped asking, things continued to break down. And then as they do, they got rebuilt. So, <laughs> so they, as I got quieter, things continued to fall down, but they, they needed to do that. Hmm. Things I was trying to do weren't working. Well, why isn't this working? But just keep being quiet. Just keep being quiet. And I just listened. And as I listened, I would get those little ideas or thoughts or people would come into my would come into my realm and I go, oh, okay, let me follow this. Let me see where this this breadcrumb leads me. Let me see where I'm being mm -hmm. guided to go. And the quieter I got, the louder the what's important to me became. Mm -hmm. I think it's amazing because, you know, I'm a mom too, as you know, both know. And um, I think that there's always a, uh, you know, like a tug of war sometimes between like your personal life and then your work life, no matter what you do, you know, no matter what it is, whether it's part time or full time, you know, you're going to have that sort of that tug of war. And and and, you know, it, it is true that, you know, how they say that in some families, mom, you know, does quite quote unquote have to work because it's just a necessity to help to make an ends meet. But there's also a good um, balance there between what you feel God is calling you to do within your career, right? Within your career. And, and sometimes that might mean switching jobs or doing something uh, aside from your regular work and maybe finding something else. And so I, I do think it's amazing that you're able to quiet yourself and being able to listen because God speaks to us that way, you know? And, um, and I know that you have an appreciation for that. You have an appreciation for how God speaks in our hearts yeah. when you're talking about meditation, because uh, that's all part of that relationship that we have with God. And um, so tell us more then. So what, what happened after you sort of had those revelations? Because I know obviously there was like a point A to point B between when you were working full time and then when you started the Working Moms Life Coach uh, I don't know, what, know if I should call it ministry or business, but somewhere in the middle, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a passion of mine, and it's something mm -hmm. I'm extremely passionate about. Uh, it, it is a business, but it's something that comes from my heart. And when I started, you know, when I went to college and I was figuring out what, what is it I want to do in my life? How, what do I want to be? And I learned about nonprofits. And I mean, I always knew about them, but I got an internship at uh, the YMCA 
And I went, oh, this is great. Because all I kept saying to myself was, I just want my work to have purpose. I don't want to go to work and be unhappy. You know, I watched a lot of that growing up. You know, your work, you don't like your job, you don't like your boss. And I said, no, I need to, I need it to enjoy it. And I think that was always within me. And that's how I originally fell into nonprofit of serving mm. and helping others, whether it was raising money or hosting an event. And, and as, as I continued to stay in nonprofit, I, I started to find this disconnect of it's not just a nonprofit, but I needed to find more. And I truly felt a calling to say there, there's more. And you kind of get that, that, that voice of God to say, keep going. There, there's more for you. And I always like to share with people that sometimes when there's something on our heart or it feels bigger than us. And I said this to my husband, probably within the last two months, I said, you know, I've been working this business and really wanting to coach. And I feel like I've been pushing really hard to be this coach. Cause again, I just have a mission to say, I was able to create a life, a work-life balance that I wanted. I want to share this with with others. And it hasn't been an easy road. It was never an A to a B. It was like an A and then a million twists and turns and it continues to twist and turn uh, as I kind of figure out what it is I'm going to do. Cause we're always on the journey. It never ends. But recently I said to my husband, this is bigger than me. So when I'm going out and I'm sharing and I'm talking, it's not me, the physical being, the ego me, it's a something bigger than me, whether it's you know, God saying, this, this is what you're supposed to do. Just keep going. And it's kind of that, that gentle nudge of sharing my story, sharing what's possible for other people, working moms, working parents of what's possible. Like this, this is bigger than me. And that's really the, I don't know if I actually answered your question, but that's really no, the, the driving yeah. force, you know? No, it's amazing because, uh, you know, life is short, let's face it. Yeah. And and being happy at your job and feeling fulfilled is, is, is an important thing. And I think especially for moms, because, you know, let's face it, you know, you're balancing so much as a mom. And so I love what you're doing because you're helping those women in the working mom's life coach business that you have with being able to discern not only what God's will is, but what they like to do, right? I mean, yes. like you said, there is an important facet to feeling some kind of fulfillment with your job instead of like that it's always a burden. Mm -hmm. And as you said, when you're growing up and if you are if you have ever hear, heard your parents or other people talk about their jobs in such a negative fashion, you know, when you're there nine to five every day, Monday through Friday, and you come home and you say, oh, I hate my job. You know, I mean, that's a lot in big por portion of your life if, oh, yeah. if you continue that way. So uh, tell us, like, what is it like for you now? Because you're coaching women who are discerning kind of like that whole idea of like following their dreams, but at the same time, trying to still bring in the income for the family. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because because we are a family, we are a two income family. So we've always been that way. So not working was never an option, but it was also not an option that I, I wanted. I always wanted to work. I was, I was never called to stay home full time with my children. I'm, I'm happily, happily staying home part time. Uh, so I, I am currently 
where I am working part-time. So I work part-time outside of the house. I have my coaching business and I also uh, work with uh, one or two consulting clients doing some marketing and fundraising work. So I've got my hands in, in all the pots, but I love that. And I think when I work with women or I'm talking to someone, it's go against the norms. You don't have to do the prescription of the nine to five. You can make an income and you can be a part of your family in a multitude of ways. It is, it's 2021. I think if we learned anything in 2020, anything is possible and being able to create that work-life balance. And my first question for people typically is what would an ideal day look like for you? And that really helps people break down the big picture and helps them look Mm. and say, well, what does a perfect day look like? And you can say, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, what would an ideal day look like for you? And you will see if they do this honestly, and not as a what I should be doing, but doing is what I actually want my life to be. You'll be able to see their values and priorities laid out. So for me, you would like, you would have seen three years ago when I was still working full time, you would have seen me say, I just want to be able to spend the middle of Wednesday in the middle of the day with my kids. Mm. And that was, that was it. That's not for everybody. So everybody's individualized in their own desires. So working with everybody is saying, well, what is it that you want? And then getting deeper and saying, well, how can you make that possible? And then typically when you ask that question, you have to break down any beliefs, limiting beliefs that say it's not possible for me. Well, it is. Let's talk about it because there's a ton of opportunities out there uh, for working, whether it's having your own business or working for somebody else. Uh, And I think that's a big piece of what I love to tell people is my way isn't the right way, but there's a way out there for you and you have to be willing to be open to seeing what's possible. Yeah. You know, I, I like that openness and understanding that each and every person has their own individual desires and wishes and that, and that you can make it a reality, uh, yeah. but it but it also takes work too, right? Like it, like what are those things that and maybe there's some common things that are across the board as you were mentioning. Like there's limiting beliefs that are out there saying, "All right, well, you know, I believe this isn't possible because of X, Y, and Z, and I believe this isn't possible." So how do you how do you help a person overcome those limiting beliefs um, and and move into in this, this space where there is possibility. Yeah. One of the first things I love to do, and this is what helps me is seeing other people. When I see what other people and not someone who's like, feels so detached of like, Oh, that's not possible, but I need someone kind of right in front of my face of like, Oh, you know, so-and-so she lived, she's cousins of Sally and she did this. You know, you kind of see those stories that really connect with you of saying, This is what, that's why I share, this is what I've done. This is how I've made it work. Here's what I know so-and-so has done and really sharing those stories of saying, look what's possible. And when I I speak with women on on my podcast and I've interviewed, you know, a handful of women who have started their own businesses and one woman who's out in um, the Washington area who started her business when she was pregnant and now employs mostly working moms to work remotely because she was seeing these challenges. So as I, as I learn and as I grow, I find more people to say, here's what 
so-and-so did. And it, it creates, it helps people create that belief. They're like, oh, if she did it, okay, maybe, maybe there's something for me. And then the next thing is really quieting the noise, as we've said before, whether, however that is for you of saying, if I can shut out everyone else who's telling me who I should be, what I should be doing, and I focus in and I get laser focused, I, I put those, you know, goggles on those blinders on. And for a certain period of time, I just shut it all out. And maybe I make sure I'm, you know, I picked up books. Um, there's a really beautiful book called Work, Pause, Thrive. And it was stories of moms who have done work in their own way. And for me, that was inspiration of, I just put the, the blinders on like a horse. I put the blinders on so I couldn't see anything else. And I said, this is all I wanna see. And it's not forever, but it's just for the time being until you can get the belief. And then once you have the belief and then you start seeing the outside things, you're like, no, no, no. You, you start to be able to shut that stuff out. But sometimes you do have to put those blinders on for a certain period of time because that noise is going to creep in. But if you can keep it out, it, it's going to help you build that belief within yourself to then go ahead and make it possible. Yeah, I love that because not only does it help you just per, on a personal level, but that is how God speaks to you. Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. because there's a plan for your life, you know, and everything about someone's personality, about their gifts, their talents, about their situation, about their vocation, you know, it all comes together with, you know, what is the best situation for you yep. and for your life? Yeah. Not only that you feel good, but that you can excel. And I don't mean Excel just to make a lot of money or that, that you yes. can make a checkbox and say, yeah, I'm a good person. I'm doing everything right. You know, it's not like that. It's so that you can be the best version. You know, you hear that a lot. Be the best version of yourself. But isn't it true? I mean, so I, I, I think it's amazing. And um, so tell us, like, so what's been going on for you this past year? Because I don't know how long working mom's life coach has been around. It sounds like it's been about a year. It's been, so the podcast started in 2018 and I okay. really leaned into actually coaching pr in late 2019, mm -hmm. early 2020. Okay. So I so had like the podcast, wasn't really coaching. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, if somebody's listening now, we're going to go over this at the end of the podcast, but like, tell us like all of those contact information uh, we'll go over it again, again at the end, but yeah. so somebody's listening, thinking, "Oh my goodness, she's amazing! I want to reach out to her." What, how would they reach out? Yeah, so I've got my podcast, "Stepping Up for the Working Mom." You can find it pretty much anywhere podcasts are. Are list you can listen to your podcast on. I am uh, social media, so I am on Instagram. So that is probably one of the best ways to reach me. Send me a DM on my Instagram or my Facebook. Uh, I'm at Nikki Gingrich. You can find me. I'm the only one, which is really nice. And also my, my email. So Nikki Gingrich at gmail.com. If anyone said, I want to learn more, tell me more. You can go to my website. My website's very bare bones. It just has the facts. So if you actually want to have a conversation, email or social media would be the best way to kind of have those back and forth conversations. But you can also find me. There's a really beautiful app uh, for meditations uh, called Insight Timer. So in the fall of 2020, I became a teacher on the app. So you can come and find me and listen to 
some of my meditations. I do some live classes. Typically on Saturday or Sunday mornings, I'll come on and just teach a class and talk about some things and open it up. So that's another really beautiful platform that I found to connect with people in a different way, but talking about quieting the mind. (laughs) Yeah, it's very important to quiet the mind because we can't hear God speaking to us. We can't focus on what's really important in our lives and then we just are running around doing all these things but we don't have any intention right we don't have any attention to what we're doing now um i know um you're probably a lot of your clients i'm guessing are probably with kids that are at least below the age of 18 but tell us about what like do you work with clients of all ages? Because I mean, I'm a mom. I'm interested in what you do. That's why I'm asking. I mean, I'm interested, <laughs> but I'm older. I'm, I'm my yeah. kids are in their twenties. Uh, you know, so so tell us about that because I know that you probably are working with moms that have babies and moms that have toddlers and moms that have elementary school kids. Tell us more. Yeah, absolutely. So I work with whoever is looking for help if they feel called or connected to say, I like what you're sharing. I typically do have more parents with younger children that will find me, follow me, talk to me, reach out. And I think that's just because I share stories about my kids or I share, you know, something that happened to me that maybe I learned from my experience. So there's a lot of connection there. But if I, I mean, I would never turn anybody away if somebody said, I really like what you teach. It's never a requirement to say, so you're a mom and you have kids, so let's talk about it. It's more, this is what I do. And then if you feel called to say, I like what you're sharing, I like what you're teaching. Because typically, as much as I work with with working moms and talk about my children, when we get on the phone and we chat, it's talking about you. We're we're talking about what you want and your kids are a part of that, but it's whatever you want it to be. So it's it's really me saying, what is it, like we said in the beginning, what's important to you? And then helping that person on the other end, really just asking the questions so that they can find the answers for themselves. Because the answers are there. We're just, we're missing it. We're missing the boat. We're not finding something. We're not listening. And, and for me, being a coach is just asking the questions that maybe you can't ask yourself. Cause you're, you're, you know, when you're too close to something, you're missing it. It's like trying to teach your kids something, but you understand it fully, but you can't break it down to their language. So it's, it's in that same aspect of just reaching in and saying, if I can ask you a question that helps you dig deeper in yourself, that's my goal to ask a question and have you go, Oh, I never thought about it that way. Okay. And then diving deeper in. And then I continue to, to pull out and ask questions until we find the answers and, yeah, the answers for in that moment. It's never the answers forever, but yeah. I love that. And I have to say, uh, you know, watching my kids grow up, go through grade school, high school, and even college, and now working, uh, the one thing that I think I witness a lot with parents and with people my age is the fact that some people get so entrenched only in the lives of their kids that they definitely lose themselves in mm-hmm. the process. And I'm not saying, you know, we know as, you know, this, this podcast is a Catholic podcast for the most part. I mean, we have people all over that listen of different religions and backgrounds, 
But I think that as people of faith, sometimes we get very ultra focused on family and on doing the right thing and on being a good parent and everything like that. But in the process, we lose like our own hobbies and the things that we enjoy because we're so focused on the kids, yes. right? Everything's <laughs> about the kids. You ever notice when you look at social media that a lot of the postings, and I do it myself, you know, it's about what my kids are doing. They graduated from yeah. high school. They did this, they did that, you know, yeah. and, and it's all good. But sometimes we get so much into our kids that we sort of forget that God has a plan for us too. Right. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Does that happen? Do you agree? Oh, that happens. <laughs> That's a real thing. Yeah. And, and I do it too. Like, look what the kids did. And then all of a sudden you're like, why are there no pictures of me? I've got pictures of my kids or picture of my husband with the kids. And I'm like, where, where? I was there too, you know, because <laughs> you, you, you get, you get so laser focused because you, you're proud and you're excited and you, you want them as a mom, you know, you know, you want them to be happy their happiness is is what you want to see so you will do anything in your power to to make it better but at the same time it's like that oxygen mask from on an airplane you know we hear it a lot you've got to put your oxygen mask off first before you can help anybody else and what i like to remind parents moms is that when your kids see you doing something that fulfills you whether it's a job or a hobby, they see that. And that's an inspiration for them to say, oh, I remember when my mom did this. And wow, mom, I'm really proud of you. So I'll tell you a short story. And uh, recently, so I love exercise. I love health and fitness. But as you said, we, we lose ourselves when we have kids. You know, we get enthralled with all of their stuff. And while I have my business and I'm working, I had kind of lost my hobbies and I used to dance when I was younger and I, I did it for a little bit. And then I, you know, as an adult, just for fun. And then I had kids and okay, it's just work and the kids and my kids are six and eight now. So I've got no little babies that fully need me. You know, they can dress themselves and they get ready for school and they can get most of their snacks for themselves. And I said, I think it's time for me to do something outside of work for me. And my kids take martial arts and they do Tai Chi classes at the studio they're at. And I remember the, the manager, the director of the studio walking by me and I went, I had to scream it at him and I had to say it really fast because I was like, if I don't say it, I'm not going to say it. And I went, I think I want to take Tai Chi classes. <laughs> <laughs> but I was so embarrassed to like ask to do it or ask to be there. Like it was really stepping out of my comfort zone. And I'm like, what's, what's wrong? I'm allowed to have a fun activity. So for the last two, three months, I've been taking Tai Chi classes. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. And what's neat is I come home and the kids go, mommy, what'd you learn at Tai Chi? Show me something, show me what you learned. And it was a reminder for me of, I can do fun things too. My life doesn't have to be working kids. I, I can do something for me and watching them get excited. And of course they do martial arts. So now it's neat. So I put on my on my uniform, I tie my sash. So it's almost something we can bond through together, even though it's very different martial arts that we're studying. It's, it's still something that I can do with them, but it's something I did. I did it for me. I didn't do mm -hmm. it for anybody else. And I think that was something I missed over the last eight years of being a mom of, I can do something and have fun for me. So we need to 
fill our cups. And when our kids see that they're learning, they might be learning more by seeing us be happy than they are us sitting at home, cooking dinner, washing dishes and putting them to bed. So two nights a week I'm gone and I come home and it's bedtime when I come home, I'm gone for an hour and that's it. But it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. And I'm taking care of myself and I can come home and show them some things, which is fun. Oh, I love to hear that because I think part of being a whole person, you know, and as people of faith, we are made up of spirit, body, mind, soul. I mean, you know, we're not just spirits, right? I mean, we do have a, a body that, and we do have a desire to to do things and to, to engage, right? Engage. Yes. And so I just think it's a beautiful thing as a mother, because I witnessed this. Um, I, I think I told you, Bill knows this about me and a lot of the, uh, our audience knows that. I mean, I homeschooled my two daughters, Elaine and Sean, from basically pre-K all the way through grade 12. Yeah. And so I learned this lesson about uh, being able to do something for myself. And for the most part, all of those years, I was devoted to them but then I got involved in some things after they went into college and then now this podcasting with Bill is such a, a, a such an honor and a blessing to be involved with the, with the Sewing Hope podcast and and being able to do great things here too so I completely understand what you're saying you have to you can't lose yourself you can't yeah. lose yourself and and sometimes parents do they get um and it's a beautiful thing when mothers and fathers are completely devoted to their families, but you still have to keep something of who you are, yeah. right? And and still keep going with your activities, work, and things that kind of make you tick, you know? Yes. <laughs> and I, that's why I think it's a great thing. So if somebody's listening, there might be a mom listening right now and thinking, my goodness, I love what I'm hearing. Um, so what would you do? What would be the initial steps that you would do with a mom who comes to you and says, you know what? I need your help. I do want to talk to you about my mission, my life, my goals. Um, what would be some of those initial steps that you do with them? Absolutely. So the first thing we would do is I would say, let's hop on a call because it's great to communicate via email, but when you're able to talk to somebody, so as a coach, it's let's hop on a call because maybe I'm not the right coach for you, but maybe I can, I can help you in some way. So we hop on a call. We do 30, I usually say 30 minutes, but I like to talk and it usually ends up going longer. But just having that initial conversation of saying, let's talk it out. Because a lot of times if they're coming to me or they're reaching out or they're listening, it's maybe they haven't been able to talk to somebody. And I know for me, when I was going through everything a few years ago and just breaking down, it just felt good to to know I wasn't alone. I think I said that before, I was lonely. So sometimes just saying, this is what I'm feeling. And I can, on the other end, say, I understand. Whether I experience the similar situation or it's completely different, I can kind of be that listening ear and say, here's some things we might be able to do. But I kind of allow them to, to share everything and to kind of get it all out there. And then we can have a conversation and say, here's what I teach. Here's how I do it. Here's how I work with, with, with people. Is this a right fit for you? And it's just that initial conversation. So that's what I would say. If someone's out here saying, this sounds really cool. I want to talk to her more. I want to learn more. Listen, 
maybe listen to a few podcast episodes, hear a little bit about me, hear what I have to share. If you're on social media, go follow me on Instagram, see some of the posts that I share and just see how I talk and what I talk about. And if it, you continue to be interested and you want to have more, then it's just email me and say, I'd love to hop on the phone and have a call. And it's a no commitment. Let's just chat and see what's going on. Hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, and I think it's so needed, too, because uh, there, there is really a balance for parents. I mean, with, yeah. the ki with kids and because you know what, if if you want your kids to be every bit of your life, 100 percent, they can be meaning that you could let your kids. And that's a great thing in some ways. Right. Because it's the gift of God to have a child and to have a family. But at the same time, you need some time to you know, to still be you and, and mm -hmm. to still be able to exercise, whether it be work, play, hobby, whatever it is. Yeah. Now, do you touch on all of those areas too, or do you focus on work when you talk to moms or do you really talk about the whole of it? I do talk about the whole of it. So in my planner, I, and I do this on purpose that either sections on yourself, your relationship, your health, your work, uh, so each week, and I do that because those were pieces that were important for me. Each week I go through and what's my intention for myself? What's my intention for my relationship uh, with, for me, that's with my husband, what's my, or my kids, what's my relate, what do I want to focus on in my health and my work? And then I have two empty spaces, depending on if there's another goal or something I'm shooting for. Hmm. And I, it's cause we're, we're whole people, you know, hmm. we're not, you know, work is in our lives kids on our lives we're, we're whole human beings and we need to complete that that whole circle like you said that mind body spirit we are all of it and it all has to come together in order to feel our best and i just want to make one quick mm -hmm. quick note on spending time with our kids and being there 100 percent. as you were talking and i've really been focusing on now that we're on summer schedule and the kids are home and they're not i was blessed to have my kids in school full-time last year uh pretty much grateful for that every day that they were there, which was a true blessing for us. But now that we've transitioned, I've had to kind of refocus and say, it's not the quantity of time I spend with my kids, it's the quality. So I'm really focusing on being intentional and them understanding this is mommy's work time. This is mommy's time for you. And when it is time for me to be with you, when you get that two to three hour chunk in the middle of my day, I am yours 110%. I am not checking email. I am not on social media. I might be on my phone taking pictures of you, but I promise. So, and then saying, I can then go back to work for another two hours in the afternoon. And then we have dinner and family time at night. I don't need to be with my kids from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. I can split that time so I have time for me and that I have time for them. And if I'm focusing on them on that quality of time, that's what they're going to remember. And yes, that's, that's yes. what I have to give to them. If I try to give it all to them, I will I will fall apart again. So. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's a really important point, uh, I think, for people to grasp and understand that the quality of what you're giving them. You know, I think we we often try to bite off more than we can chew and and more than we're I mean, obviously, we're called to be parents 24 seven. If our kid is sick, if our kid has has a special need, if there's something, you know, you know, we're called to be there and protect them and provide for them. That's just what parents do. But at the same time, 
Um, we also, and, and I'm speaking not from very much experience. My kid is seven months old, <laughs> oh, seven, seven weeks old, seven weeks old. So, yeah. uh, oh, as of yesterday, so, 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 so I'm not oh. speaking from much experience, but what, what I, what I, what I am saying to, to folks out there is that, you know, focusing on that quality of time and not, okay, I, I've got, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm up all the time. I'm doing all this. No, no, no. Just even if it's, even if it's 20 amazing minutes, you know, you know, dancing with your kid in the living room, that's what he's or she is going to remember versus, you know, okay, yes, mommy cooked dinner, daddy, daddy took out the trash, she did all these things for me to, you know, to help me, you know, you know, they changed all my diapers, they did all this, you know, that's wonderful. Um, but, but it's the 20 minutes of, you know, intentional time, spending that time with your child uh, that is going to, you know, help. And then also, you know, I think you know, a large piece of it is spending the intentional time for yourself, spending the intentional time for your work and, and knowing when to close it off. And that's one of the hardest things to do is to just, you know, put the phone down and, and turn it off and be intentional with the person that you are, you are with. Um, it's so, so important. I think, uh, so, so thank you for, for articulating that for our audience. Cause it's so important. Oh, thank you, Bill. Yeah. And of course, and you know, the kids won't remember the diapers you changed. I had no, something that clicked for me that really flipped that switch um, in the last couple of weeks and really made me focus on that was my, I don't know which kid it was, but one of them said, mommy, why are you in the kitchen all the time? Well, I'm always cooking you food and I'm always washing the dishes. And it was, you know, they say these things and you'll learn this bill as, it, as your kiddo gets older, but they say these things and you go, oh, cause they're your little mirrors. I'm spending. I might not actually be spending all the time in the kitchen, but his perception was you're always in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So I make it now intentional time to say, okay, well, if I'm going to spend time with him, it's outside of the kitchen. We're going outside or we're playing a game or, you know, cause a lot of times where do, where do families gather at the kitchen table? So I decided to make sure that I'm taking that time and making, putting it in another room in the house. Mm -hmm. uh, so they, they are our mirrors, and if we're listening, and if we're listening closely enough, they'll tell us exactly what they need or what they want, or if we're spending too much time on our phone. They will, mm -hmm. they will let us know, whether it's they crave attention and they want something, or they actually tell you, like, why are you on your phone all the time? I've had that happen, too. So there are, are little reminders all of the time. Yeah, yeah I, I love to hear that, and it's such a, a great... Um memory for me too i mean obviously my older daughter elaine is going to be 25 <laughs> and my my younger one is 20 22 and i i think that whole idea of the mirror because it is about perceptions you know they don't always remember some of the things that you did years ago but they remember the things that they liked yeah. you know that like i remember that we read the anne of green gable series you're probably familiar with that, Anne of Green yes. Gables. And it's like a series of, I don't know, six or seven books. And when they were younger, I sat down in our basement. We have a finished basement. I read the whole series. And, wow. and so they remember, like Elaine will say, you know, I remember we read that, Mom. That was one of the best times that we read. Oh. So they remember the things that the quality time, as you said. Mm -hmm. And I do, I have to say, I agree with that completely. They remember the things that meant something to them. They might not remember all those dinners that you cooked in the kitchen. They might not remember, you know, all of the cleaning up that you did. 
and for them in the rooms or all the wash that you folded, yep. but they do remember the fun things and the things that brought memories to them. Mm -hmm. You know, on the topic of Bill with a brand new baby and everything like that, would you have any advice if somebody's listening who does um, have a, a new little one or, or a brand new family? Yeah. And they are trying to find that balance. Would you have anything to offer to them? Yeah, the, the first thing I'd actually say, and this was a big piece for my husband and I, so it actually has nothing to do with the baby, but it has everything to do with your relationship uh, of that communication. So as, especially with a little baby, the mom takes on so many responsibilities. And I think I remember my husband with our first son, and again, this is just our experience saying, I didn't really know what to do or how to help you. So when our second son came along, it was a little bit different because then he would entertain our older one. And a big piece for me was being open and saying, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, can you clean the dishes? I read a book and I remember, I don't remember the title of the book, but it just, it made me laugh. It was this woman who went and interviewed a bunch of uh, husbands, dads, and said what, like, basically was like, what was your perception of fatherhood? And it opened my eyes to say, oh, this is what it looks like for him, which is a very different view for me as the mom. Uh, the baby only wants me. He doesn't really, you know, both of my kids, they didn't want nothing to do with my husband, but they much preferred me holding them, which can be very exhausting. So I had to become very vocal. So for me, it is connect, make that connection and that communication. Don't lose that because the baby can take over. You're not sleeping. You're tired. They need you 24 seven. So being able to continue to create that connection with your spouse or your partner is so important because it's going to guide you as the, the children. Again, mine are only six and eight, so I can only tell you until they're six or eight, but that's, that to me was huge. Once I started doing that and started having that communication, things changed and our relationship has changed so much. Uh, and I'm sure you can talk, you know, how it changes from being a couple without kids to all of a sudden you've got older children and you're like, we are completely different people than we were 15 years ago when we first got together and having kids really, it rocked the boat. So I, that would be my suggestion of making sure you're, you're taking care of that relationship and caring for it because that baby's going to need your attention. It's going to need food. It's going to need to eat. It's, he's going to need to have his diaper changed, all those things. And if you're able to have that connection, that's going to transfer over and it'll only serve you in the long run. So that would actually be, be my advice. And as many times as you can get up in the middle of the night, do it. She will be so unbelievably grateful. <laughs> <laughs> Even if the baby doesn't want you, at least try, put the effort in. <laughs> it's so true. It is so true, folks. It's yeah. hard, though. It is. It so is. that would be, I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with a working parent, but that's, that was a big Yeah, it's good me. advice. It's good yeah. advice because, you know, when, when fathers, I think, are more involved, I mean, I know Bill knows this just from Catholic ministry. And I don't think it just has to do with the faith, but when fathers are more involved, then kids feel more fulfilled in so many ways. Yeah. Right. They do. When dad, when it's not just moms raising the kids, dad's out at work every day. Right. Yeah. And, um, and when the dad knows the, the child, when the dad cares to know what he likes, what she likes, what his uh, interests are, 
and and able to communicate well. Mm-hmm. And I know that for my daughters, um, now my husband worked full time and I was the stay at home mom, but, um, you know, they do have a good relationship with their dad. And I think that that's made a difference for them as they're young adults and it's made a difference for their faith, but also just for their life in general, that they feel that God, excuse me, the dad is that protector. He cares about their lives. He asks questions about their interests, their friends, what they do, what they like, you know, and, and, and has some kind of a, a vested in, interest in what they're doing. So mm-hmm. I, I just think that that's very important. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, now, do you have anything going on? I know here we are at the beginning of the summer, any call to action, any type of workshops or zoom meetings or anything or podcasts that you want to let people know about? Nothing out of the ordinary. So everything, so my podcast just had a, a resurgence, so to speak. It was very quiet from about January till about a week or two ago, uh, simply because I had to, I had to go in and readjust. I was getting unbalanced and I wasn't enjoying it. I had to reconnect to it. So the podcast is coming back. So that typically comes out on Tuesdays. I have a Um, started working on interviews and and really amazing guests to come on. So I'm excited for that. And then, like I said, my, if you want to catch me teaching live, uh, Insight Timer is the best way to do that. So that's really where I'm kind of going live and teaching workshops and teaching classes. And I do all, all sorts of topics. Sometimes it's just a Q and A, come in and ask me questions. We talk about um, really on there. It's a lot of not necessarily the working mom. So that's a lot more general of just life and intentions and meditation and really kind of creating that, that presence and how to be present in your day and how to create the life that you want and create that vision. So that's really where those live workshops and conversations are happening over there. Wow. You have a lot going on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's great. That's great. So thank you so much. Now tell us again, all the names like on social media where they can connect and click. Um, You know, I I already went on your Instagram, of course, and connect there. So give us all the list of where they can uh, like. You got it. So Instagram, Nikki Gingrich. That's it. No underscores, no numbers, just straight Nikki Gingrich. Uh, Insight Timer is the same thing. You can go and search my name and uh, search under teachers. I will pop up. My website is NikkiGingrich.com. Again, very grateful. No one else had my name or had anything like that. Uh, Facebook is Stepping Up with Nikki. But again, if you search my name, it should still pop up. So Stepping Up with Nikki. And trying to think. And then NikkiGingrich at gmail.com is my email. So as long as you can spell Gingrich, then you should, and Nikki with two Ks. So N-I-K-K-I-G-I-N-G-R-I-C-H. Yeah, I was just going to ask you to spell it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, folks. And we will definitely put all of that, uh, I'll put it down in the show notes on the podcast too, so people can uh, connect with you and uh, at least email you and all of that stuff. Um, so uh, this has been, this has been so insightful and so great. Um, you know, I think for a lot of, a lot of our listeners, certainly for us. Um, so, you know, folks, we encourage you to, you know, connect with Nikki and, and, you know, follow, follow her podcast. You know, that's another big thing. You know, a lot of 
podcast listeners like to find another podcast to listen to. You know, the the you know the treadmill goes longer than an hour, and it's like, oh, I need to you know find another podcast to listen to, uh, or they get bored with this one, so they switch over uh, to <laughs> yours. Uh, and so you know, it's um, it's wonderful. Uh, so please, you know, check out our podcast again. It's stepping up, right? Stepping up. It's yep, stepping up for the working mom stepping up for is the, the name of the mom. podcast. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, check that out folks. And, uh, I know, and, uh, before, right, right before it closes, I know you're doing a free book giveaway too, for your love and marginalized. If you want to quickly mention how to people to get your, you know, or to try to win the free book, uh, why don't you let them know that? Oh, Bill, thank you so much. Now I'm a writer with an organization called Catholic 365. It's all one word. And if you go on to Facebook, you know, you can find it on Facebook there or just Google it on, you know, generally speaking, the website. So since I'm a writer there, the editor, actually, this was her idea, not mine. She said she's doing a giveaway. So uh, if, in, if you simply go to Catholic 365, either on Facebook or just on Google, uh, you will see it. It's called Love and Care for the Marginalized. The book is available through Karis Publishing. And I thank Bill because Bill's the one who introduced me to Karis Publishing and, and Matt, the, the editor there. So, um, so yeah, you could, it's C-H-A-R-I-S uh, books, I believe, dot com, mm-hmm. right, Bill? Yep. Or is it publishing? I have to double check on that. Um, Karis Books, then, I guess you know. Yes, it's karispublishing.com. And then you can see the book itself. Or you can simply go to my website at andesantis.com. Uh, or my Facebook page, because I put that book book giveaway right there on my Facebook page at Anne DeSantis, uh, which I do have a page and I also have my profile. So either way, and it, by the way, it is CharisPublishing.com, C-H-A-R-I-S Publishing.com. Bill, thank you so much. And Nikki, thank you so much. Uh, please do come back again. I really enjoyed it and we'll definitely stay in touch. Sounds great. Thank you both so much. This is wonderful. Of course. Uh, Well, folks, uh, we thank you for tuning in, as always, to uh, this wonderful show, uh, Sowing Hope, and know that we'll be back on, uh, gosh, what is uh, today, Thursday, so we're back on Tuesday of next week, live here on YouTube. And until next time, from all of us at Patchwork Heart Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.